It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. In business, we talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. While you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. Super excited for this conversation. I am joined by Sabrina Runbeck, who is the author of an outstanding book, Asian Women Who Boss Up. And we are going to have a conversation certainly about the book, but talk about the experiences that led up to the book. So Sabrina, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Shalom. Hi, everyone, for listening in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Sabrina, there's always a story behind the entrepreneur, behind the author, behind the journey. Sabrina, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I am. Uh, thank you for having me for sharing this uh, story <laughs> on my journey. For sure, I am someone who uh, was uh, born an uh, only child. Uh, at a young age, my parents got divorced, and in the Asian family, uh, as a girl, always seen as ah, just be smart, get good grades, have a job, and get married. You're pretty much settled. Why do you have to do more? Versus the uh, boys, all my cousins are male, and they're going off doing all kind of stuff, and no one question anything. So I have a little rebellious in myself. So got myself two bachelor degree, two masters. Just kept going. Got into one of the best heart lungs surgery center in the country and really in the world because people fly in to see us. And I thought like, wow, okay, this is exciting. I can't really see anything else but heart and lung surgery and let's do this. And feeling like at that point, when you're young, new into the game of medicine, you have to really prove to yourself. So I continuously to take more calls, to do more cases. And then I got to the point, it's like, wow, this is not sustainable. And I, I can't just be doing this all the time. And I remember one morning, it was hardly eight o'clock. I'm already exhausted. And my body felt weak and my hands were even cramping. And I had a fever of one on one degrees at a time. Now, I was trying so hard just to concentrate. It wouldn't have been so bad if I had the day off. But in fact, I was standing in front of my patient's open chest, trying all that I had just to get through that surgery. And my nurses even took pity on me and keep passing Dayquil and cough drop under my mask to keep me going. And of course, we all know it doesn't take a medical professional to tell you that your body is on strike and is making you to stop. So the next morning when I woke up covered with nice sweat, can barely just get out of bed to get a glass of water, I had to admit, I can't do it to call sick. And when I pick up the phone, spoke to my boss, his response was, wow, Sabrina, you're just telling me this now? Like, I can predict why I can get sick and stop doing that. 
that felt like stab in my heart. And that's the time when I just decided, let's look back, let's do something else. And to really, how can I truly fell back in love with this career I worked so hard for and not just get trapped into the things. Now, I believe that many healthcare professionals is uh, in that similar boat. Absolutely. Sabrina, wow, what a story. I promised our listeners that there's a story behind the behind the book, but really the book, um, uh, Women Who Boss Up, it's really uh, Asian women who, who, who boss up. It's really not just a book. It is a, uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's a force of nature. It's, it's a mission for you. And I know that you are a, uh, a very accomplished keynote speaker. You've been uh, seen on NBC, ABC, Fox, CBS, and so on. And uh, quite the overachiever, might I add, with many degrees and quite a bit of education. So I want to ask you the question of how can people boss up in life? What is the, the one message that as we have this conversation on a Sunday evening, what can people put in place in their businesses, in their lives that can make a difference in their surroundings? How can they boss up in life? That's such an amazing question. Now, for sure, this book was a collaborative. I'm one of the only medical professional in there. And when I speak and when I coach, it's always focused on productivity because I believe that we can be really good and figure out things to reduce stress and to do things that will take care of ourselves. However, it's really about tapping into that full potential. We start to lose our boundaries, start to lose our aim in life. That's why we get pulled into 10,000 different direction, keep adapting new things into our business, thinking if I get to a certain point, uh, accomplishment, achievement, then I can be fulfilled or happy. But the, ultimately, the sole message is that we have to say no to just about everything. Then we can say heck yes to the only thing that truly matter. So when to say yes and no, that's what I help people on to stop those overwhelm and truly be able to remove your sabotaging tendency. Because in positive psychology, we say that there are an equation for achievement, which half the equation is what most people think is potential. Your IQ, your EQ, your degree, certification, skills, experience. But what they're missing half the time is that those things, even you have a lot of degree and experience, if you don't know what to extract, that is a waste. Right, just like Napoleon Hill said, knowledge is now power until you use it and until you use it correctly. So what's the other half of the equation? We call the positive quotient, which means you have 10 sabotaging tendency. Do you recognize what they are? And even you do, do you know how to pivot yourself out of that gutter and stuck state and the anxiety state and go into the empowerment five state? Wow, I'm chatting with Sabrina Runbeck who again is one of the, uh, one of the 18, 18 Asian women um, who have broken the mold to achieve, overcome difficulties, and inspire change. And Sabrina has been sharing uh, a little bit of, of her own journey, her own story, um, which is incredible. And the book, regardless of your background, is certainly a, uh, a, a, a lesson learned for uh, bosses or bosses in the making for sure. So Sabrina, I, I do want to tie this into sort of what's been going on in the world right now. We know that uh, obviously it was just a couple of short weeks ago where there were the, the horrific, horrific events in Atlanta and frankly around the country um, of, of uh, Asian discrimination. 
how have what experiences have you had as an Asian entrepreneur, as a leader in the community? Have you experienced that? And how can people fight back? And how can people make sure that we are call it uh, embracing in the business community, which I've certainly found is a nonpartisan and a non-discriminatory environment. But what experiences do you have and what lessons would you challenge our listeners with? Definitely, it's not just the Asian community, but because Asians are seen as the token minority and things like discrimination is never part of our community, but it is. Uh, Small comments, even from uh, patients or people who you just uh, come across would be, oh, Sabrina, is that your real name? But I, I mean, it's a real name, not your family name. And then I have to respond, yes, it's on my driver's license, it's on my medical license. How is that really impacting you? And then the common question we always get asked is, where are you from? But where are you truly from? Like our background actually made us unique and even you have the similar culture, you are still you, you're not defined by any culture you have. Now, those, especially, I mean, in Houston, it's not actually as bad, but recently, actually last week, CDC, the Center for Disease Control and, and Prevention has came out to say that public health issue has declared a crisis of racism due to the recent report. and. Police report has shown overall crime last year decreased by 6%, but anti-Asian hate crime increased by 145%. So it's not just a small incident here and there. It actually impact many of us. So even my national organization, AAPA, have approached me. So uh, this past Tuesday, I hosted an event on our national platform to interview five other healthcare professionals who are AAPIs on how their life has been impacted and their patient's life being impacted. So it's definitely something sure. we continue need to speak up about. Sure. Absolutely. Well, again, Sabrina Runbeck, we're at the point of the conversation with just 30 seconds remaining where I want to make sure people know where they can purchase a copy of the book, learn more about everything you're doing, including your coaching um, and uh, availability. So uh, how can people contact you? Yeah, if you like to reduce the overwhelm, uh, stop the endless to-do list and really save at least four hours of work uh, per week, uh, go to sabrinarombach.com forward slash blueprint. Let me see if I can add value for you. And if you wanted to try to find a book and with bonuses, we are doing at sabrinarombach.com forward slash Fantastic. Up. Well, Sabrina, we are out of time. Thank you so much. We'll be back and get down to business in a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. My next guest is a ring bearer, and that means that he is a 2005 graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Um, so he, I'm sure he wears his ring with pride because they all do. Greg Washington is a combat veteran, an influencer, a motivator, an innovator, and the list goes on and on. Um, he has a uh, Bachelor of Science in Engineering Management with a concentration in Mechanical Engineering from, again, the United States Military Academy. He's also earned an Executive Master's of Business Administration at Tulane University with a concentration in Finance. Greg Washington, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to have you. So you have quite the story. Let's talk about you first, and then you are about to embark, and you are embarking on a just massive, massive journey. We are super excited for it. So tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, I am uh, Greg Washington, originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Graduated from West Point, and I was at the academy when 9-11 happened. I was a freshman, and so um, we knew that we were going to war once we graduated. And I call my class the true class of 9-11 because as freshmen, we had the option to leave the academy and not have any obligation or any service time. And I like to tip my hat off to my classmates because the majority of us chose to stay. And so knowing that we were going to forward deploy the punt graduation, it was an amazing experience to be, to be a leader during that time. So absolutely. I, I commissioned as absolutely, an infantry Greg. officer. I deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. And while I was over there, I ended up losing two of my best friends in combat, Emily Perez and Scotty Pace. And so, um, and also I got hurt myself. And so my transition out the military was very tough. Uh, tough to the point where um, I fell into a depression and almost committed suicide. And so if it wasn't for my little cousin calling me right before it happened, I think things would have turned out differently. I, I might not have been here. And so that gave me a moment to pause and to think about what I had going on and where I was at in life. And so the, the thing that I wanted to express or to get clear is yeah, I was a leader and my transition was this hard. And all I could think about was, well, all of these other soldiers and veterans and service members that are out there that are suffering in silence. So I walked away from a six-figure job and I started this nonprofit called the House of Man and we are hosting an 1,800-mile walk from Mississippi all the way up to West Point, New York. And we'll be stopping in Fayetteville, North Carolina, at Fort Bragg, that's my hometown, and also in D.C. In honor of suicide awareness, I, I, I strongly believe with this campaign, if we can come together and make enough noise throughout this walk, throughout this time frame, that we could curb the veteran suicide rate. Because currently 22 veterans die a day, and that number is increasing. There have been more veterans to die from suicide than those veterans that were killed in Vietnam. And so I just look at myself and I said, at that early age, if I was so willing to sacrifice my health, to sacrifice love, and to sacrifice you. I'll be willing to give it up one more time if I could save a life. And so, well, Greg, Greg, I I appreciate you um, sharing your 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 story and 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 not just learning from your own experiences, but so so importantly teaching others. And I know you just heard. You know, our, our last segment um, with Sabrina Runbeck, where we talked about, you know, folks that, uh, you know, that might look different from us. And, you know, in the business community, it's certainly it's an environment. And I know you started guards down really 
with a mission to create a safe, culturally aware community for people of diverse backgrounds to find resources and support also. And your service has certainly continued even out of uniform. And that is absolutely huge. So I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm, I'm just so excited by what you're doing. And uh, as a uh, avid runner and walker, frankly, that's what I do all the time. Um, I, I'm just enamored with your mission and your plan to uh, for the 1,800-mile walk to honor friends, again, killed in combat and those suffering from trauma and grief uh, in silence. And, and it's so important that we share it with our audience. So, uh, again, I'm chatting with Greg Washington, combat veteran, uh, a New Orleans um, resident who's departing um, from Mumbai, uh, Mississippi, and over the next uh, 65 days, walking nearly 1,800 miles to West Point, New York. So when does that journey kick off? Yeah, the, the walk kick off at the end of this month on April 30th. I start in Mount Bayou, Mississippi, and, and make my way to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then on up to D.C. and West Point. Uh, there will be 25 stops along the way, and at each stop, we'll be hosting these mental health rallies to connect communities to local and state resources when it comes to mental health. And it is just one of those things where being able to, to build a community of support and of accountability and of encouragement, I, I think is key. Absolutely. Uh, it's an inspiring, inspiring journey. And I know our listeners will want to find ways to support you. Um, interestingly, um, you know, the, the story of, of, of those friends that you just talked about, you talked about uh, Emily Perez and Scotty Pace. Uh, Perez was the highest ranking African-American female cadet in West Point's history. And Pace was a combat pilot. And the Academy actually named the ceremony after him following his passing. So, I mean, you are, you are carrying on their legacy in a major, major way. And uh, Greg, uh, how, how can people support you? How can people make a difference? Obviously, you talk a lot about um, the, uh, the, the, the challenges. And as our listeners know, uh, I'm in uniform and, and proudly serving. And I have already, in my short time in the Army, I've already um, witnessed and, and known uh, people that have, uh, that have died uh, due to suicide and due to depression and, and, and mental health. What can people do to certainly support veterans, support your walk, um, but also make a difference in their own surroundings? Yes. So I'm to connect with me on my page, gregcwashington.com. Uh, we have a, a, a walk to honor uh, page on there where you can donate to the campaign, to the cause, and you can also sign up to come walk with me or attend one of the rallies, you know, in, in one of the areas near you. And so the other part that I will tell you is honestly just, we gotta do more than just care. We gotta show up. That one phone call changed my life. And so I encourage everyone to check in on about a buddy whenever you can. And for those that are, are, are suffering in silence and dealing with trauma and grief, you gotta have a plan. Know your three battle buddies that you can call on, know your mental health provider or your counselor, and also know the crisis hotline. And so being able to have a plan, you know, going into 
whatever situation that that you're dealing with, you you, you got to know who your tribe and, and your uh, and your support team is. And if you don't have one, come connect with me. We'll we'll be there for you. That's incredible. Again, I've been chatting with Greg Washington, who uh, again fascinating you know business backgrounds, but um, more important than what uh, Greg, what you have done. It's what you are doing right now and walking 1,800 miles in honor of Emily Perez, Scotty Pace, and in making a difference. And we always challenge, I, I certainly, I, I have my other podcast called We All Serve. I know, Greg, you host a uh, podcast as well. And, um, and certainly we have those conversations and hope to, you know, pay it forward and make a difference. And you are certainly all about inclusion and all about, uh, all about education. So, Greg, one more time, how can people learn more about you? Uh, the walk and uh, and getting involved. Yeah. Uh, so the webpage again is gregcwashington.com. You can connect with us on Facebook. Uh, my podcast is called Guards Down. Uh, we help tell the stories of those wounded healers that have been through trauma and grief, uh, hoping that that conversation can help motivate, inspire, or drop some jewels for someone to help fight another day. And so look awesome. for us on Facebook at, at Guards Down or Greg C. Washington in the House of Men for the walk. And you'll well, thank you so much, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. More on Get Down to Business when we return. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We love to profile amazing local entrepreneurs in the Chicagoland area and Diane Garber is certainly a prime example of that. Uh, Diane has a very interesting background, a career with Fortune 100 companies that's uh, provided her with the opportunity to mentor and train many colleagues in the creation of consumer-focused merchandising. And certainly, Diane has transitioned that 25-year career as a business executive into Will Power Your Day. Diane Garber, welcome to the program. Thank you. It is my privilege and my honor to join you as a guest because I am one of your uh, Super listeners every week. Don't miss the show. I always uh, have nuggets of gold that are learned from a variety of your other entrepreneurs. Fantastic. Well, as they say, longtime listener, first time caller. So here we go. So Diane, you uh, you have a very interesting background, as I just mentioned, in the business world. But then you've continued on, and you have your certification as a food for life instructor from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. So how have all of those experiences led to what I know we'll be talking about today, your amazing, amazing, mouth-watery, heart-healthy, protein-rich, plant-based snacks and salads, which I'm so excited to try. Thank you. Yeah, a, a very circuitous background. I did the typical, uh, you know, business school, MBA track because I was a business professional. I worried about big companies, their bottom line, their market share, their advertising, what have you. And had lots of great success with big companies flying all over the country. However, at one point, you know, there's a lot of consolidation and big companies shrink their labor force. And I happen to be uh, one who needed to have moved out of their cycle. So what was I going to do with my life? What was important to me besides business? My mom has been uh, very active in the nonprofit world. And I thought, wow. That would be important. I could do that, except nobody was going to give me a chance, not at all. And the only other thing that uh, I've got also some family history and one of my uh, favorite pastimes is cooking. 
healthier than not, as well as animal welfare. And I had been vegetarian for many years, but that wasn't good enough, actually. I learned a great deal more from Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, as you mentioned. And I learned about vegan, plant-based lifestyles. And at first I thought, don't know if I can do this. And actually now, 10 years later, America is thriving on this, understanding more about the benefits of potentially embracing as much of a plant-based or vegan lifestyle. So I put together mm-hmm. um, a company that really has a superb niche. A lot of the quote-unquote better-for-you snacks that are out there, they're compromised. I'm not saying they don't taste great. Loads are delish, but very often they are loaded with excess oils and excess preservative and excess fats which really you do yourself no favor. So I thought, what can I do to do something absolutely delicious that it has no compromise, no sacrifice? And eventually, I came up with several different recipes for willpower your day. That's our goal. We will power your day, as you said, with heart-healthy, plant-based, protein-rich snacks. And my testing ground, bringing in my market research, was at some of the local farmer's markets. And much to my surprise, I wasn't surprised that people loved the taste. I was surprised that part of my hook line, heart healthy and delicious, that didn't attract everyone. I had some of the families saying, shh, don't tell my spouse. If you say it's heart healthy, he'll walk away, things like that. That some people had a perception that if a snack was good for you, it was disappointing in its flavor or its (laughs) texture. And fortunately, Willpower Your Day became very popular in the northern suburbs. And then my second surprise is that um, families were providing this, our snacks are unbelievable brittle, and our fruit-sweetened truffles in particular, to little kids. I don't mean 10 and 12-year-olds. I mean 5 and 6-year-olds. And I will be quite honest, this is an investment um, for your child, for his or her nutrition, but also, uh, lots of other snacks by the ounce would certainly be uh, uh, a lot cheaper to purchase. But many of the parents said, you know what, if my son who's six, if I get him started on a healthier lifestyle right now, then he doesn't need to have two boxes of cookies or he doesn't need, well, to have, you know, an alternative that's really bad. A- for absolutely. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Diane Garber, who uh, has a fascinating business background, but certainly a lot of experience, again, certified as a Food for Life instructor and uh, now the, uh, of course, uh, you know, the owner of Willpower Your Day, which is a local business just in Buffalo Grove with uh, very, very uh, soon, hopefully as uh, COVID uh, lets up, uh, I'm sure you'll be seeing more of uh, Diane's heart-healthy mouth-watering products, which, uh, Diane, I love the way you said uh, no compromise. You don't need to sacrifice the taste or the nutrition, and that's where it all comes together. So as they say, seeing is believing, and unfortunately, we are out of, we are out of time, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find your products and uh, maybe make that first purchase and investment in their family's health and well-being. Where can people learn more, Diane? Thank you. Please go to the website at willpoweryourday.com. You will see our top assortment. You can also email us at serving you at Willpower Your Day. We do special orders, special deliveries, and it's a pleasure to serve Chicagoland and beyond. Absolutely. Willpoweryourday.com. 
please, I encourage all of our listeners, support a local small business and invest in your family. So we've got to squeeze in a quick break. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship here on Get Down to Business when we return in just a moment. Many things. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. Super excited for this conversation. I'm joined by Issa Musharraj, who is the author of Go Back to Your Country. And uh, Issa, you have a uh, you have a very interesting background. Um, welcome to the program. If you don't mind, tell our listeners uh, briefly about yourself and where you're from. Thank you, Shalom. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, it's it's an honor and privilege. I'm from the state of New Jersey. And originally from Jordan, I was born in Amman, Jordan, and my parents immigrated here to the United States twice. The first time uh, when I was younger, I graduated kindergarten here in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey. Then uh, through some drama, went back to Jordan and went back to my country. And, and um, for, for about seven years, and then my mother, who's my hero, uh, was able to uh, come back to the United States and, and said her kids have to come here. And she was able to untangle herself from an arranged marriage and uh, in the Middle East. And that's, that's tough to begin with. Uh, and then still get full custody of her children and bring them back. Uh, and I was around the age of 12 with my siblings when we were reunited with our mother um, here in uh, New Jersey. Wow, what an incredible story. Again, I'm chatting with Issa Musharrash. So Issa, you're a successful businessman and, and it was a natural that you would write a book. Again, you are the author of the book, Go Back to Your Country, um, but you're a successful businessman and many people wanted you to write a business-related book. Why in the world did you choose a completely different route for your first book? Well, you know, it, it does connect to, to, to business because I, I do feel... I feel like, you know, the word immigrant uh, is getting a bad rap right now. And it has been for a number of years. Uh, but we don't realize that 40% of Fortune 500 companies are founded by immigrants or their children. It's, it's astonishing. Uh, you know, that, if I put that into numbers, that's $6.1 trillion in revenue in the year 2018 alone. So when, when, when we look at immigrants, we can't just think of illegal uh, immigrants or people that are hopping over a border to get here. There's uh, uh, people immigrate, uh, immigrate, uh, immigrate to America for uh, economic reasons, for the opportunities, and immigrants in this country, for the most part, are contributing at an incredible level, providing jobs and opportunities and really changing and, 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 and uh, changing the world around them. And America is a country of immigrants and it's been built by immigrants. So that's why I wanted to take that angle and just tell my story of how I got here and not give you the 12 steps to success just yet. Just, just how did we get here? And defy, Absolutely. defy all the odds to make it here. Absolutely. And Issa, you, uh, again, you wrote the book and you, you really share a lot of the lessons learned that you certainly have, uh, have, have sort of beaten the odds. And it's interesting because often we use the term dream. I know Issa, you, 
you have dreamed a lot uh, as a as a child. You you had a you had a dream of what you would become. So quite simply, have you become the version of yourself that you dreamed of when you were a child? Um, I, I, in some ways, um, I could tell you I've become someone who I've never even dreamed of. Like this, this is I'm living the life now that is way beyond my dreams. Uh, my biggest dream was to be a blessing to my mother and to make sure my children uh, do not endure any hardship uh, the way uh, we have to endure hardship. And I have three of them, my 11-year-old, 8-year-old, and 3-year-old. And they are like the most like worry-free kids. You know, They get to just be kids and just be, you know, enjoy childhood uh, and have everything they need. And, and that is, uh, I've never really thought it would be at this level, but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to not have any economic worries, uh, to, to provide your children with anything that they need, not to spoil them, but just to make sure they're not, uh, they don't really have to face the unnecessary punishments of, 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 of poverty. Um, and, and, and you could make that here in America. Anyone could do this. If I have done this, uh, uh, as an immigrant that was bullied coming in here, uh, big nose, uh, wrong clothing in high school and, 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 and being made fun of, uh, yet still held on. Uh, anyone can, anyone that really wants to make it, uh, Shalom, they can in the United States of America. So I know the book, uh, go back to your country is not just a, uh, your story. It's really, it's, it's a, it's a lesson and it's a message um, for everybody. So we're going to squeeze in a quick break in a moment, but uh, now as a published, you know, writer, what is it that you hope for most from, from this publication? Uh, tell us briefly who it's intended for and, and what the, uh, what the vision is. Yeah. So I, I, I wrote the book originally uh, for my children. I, I, I went on a mission to say, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow morning, what do I have to leave them? A nice, like uh, uh, a nice, like financial legacy. No, I, I want, I want to do something bigger and better than that. And I got to tell them how I got here. It started off with that. It, it moved on at, during focus groups before it was released. The focus group was so impressed and so uh, impacted and people were crying. And I was started to see people seeing their own story uh, through my book. And that's when I said, okay, I think we have something here that we want to expand that impact from my immediate children to my colleagues, to my network, and now to anyone. Uh, and, and, and it's been a, a story that people identify with. They read my book, but they're really reading their own mm -hmm. story. Well, I can tell you unequivocally that there's no question that you are uh, sharing a message, uh, lessons learned, and we're going to continue that conversation with the author of Go Back to Your Country, Issa Musarosh. Mucharosh um, and uh, Issa will talk more about your personal experiences in just a moment when we return and get down to business. You got it. Welcome back to Get Down to Business and be sure to check out our sponsors of the program, uh, the amazing team at Chicago Signature Limo and Health Plan Chicago, Tom Arabali. Some great resources, but I'm rejoined by Issa Musharosh, uh, who's the author of Go Back to Your Country and Issa. Um, you, uh, you share your own story. It's almost a, a lesson to your family, um, but really lots of lessons in business entrepreneurship. Um, so it's writing, I know from personal experience, can be such an emotional, stressful pursuit 
how do you cope actually while running your business and as a husband and a father of three? Tell us a little bit just about the writing experience and getting the thoughts out of your head and on some paper and now shared, of course, with the business and overall communities. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I run three to four uh, data, uh, companies that need day-to-day attention. And of course, building a, an empire called family. Um, but how do you do uh, a book? It took me three years. It took me uh, bringing on a team, uh, particularly starting with a transcriber. You need someone that you could just call like a friend and just tell your stories for an hour during your lunch break and then have uh, you know have them transcribe it. So they'll record the phone call, transcribe it, send it to you to speed your process up a little bit. Um, sometimes you, know, you wanna sit and start typing, but for someone who's a communicator, I'm constantly speaking and telling stories and seminars and events. It was much easier for me to just uh, get on the phone and just, you know, tell my story and then have someone all the work. I, uh, it's my story. I'm speaking it. They're transcribing it, sending it to me. And now I'm working with something that's already like, it's already written up and, and I'm changing it and I'm editing it and I spend time on it. But, but for anybody who's busy, uh, uh, but they have a story and they have a message, I want to encourage them to go on and, 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 and be, be the person that's going to write the book and, and it's going to require a team bring on a trusted team and do it. That's how I did it. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I have a feeling there will be many more books to follow from you, Issa. But um, my last question for you is uh, just if you were able to sort of go back and tell yourself um, your younger struggling self anything, what would it be? And I know that some of this is is in the book, which will of course send our, our audience to, but what's that lesson to that younger Issa Musharbash? Yeah, I, I actually, that's such a good question because I actually wrote a letter to my 12-year-old self. This 12-year-old boy who comes to the United States, he gets a job working for a mean boss, under age, under minimum wage. Uh, he gets beat up uh, by a bunch of kids. He was told to go back to his country, but the United States was in fact his country. So he, he was confused through those first couple of years trying to assimilate uh, in the United States, I would tell him that stay the course, uh, embrace the faith that your mother has been instilling in you and love people and forgive those that hurt you. No matter how many times they want to hurt you, they usually, what they do is they're rejecting you and they're hurting you out of ignorance, not out of truth. Because if people knew, Shalom, if they knew who you were, where you've been, and where you're going, they would not, they would not have that perception of you. Well, there's a lesson for everybody with this book for sure. And um, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find it. Um, Isa, where can people purchase a copy and learn more about you? Yes, uh, go back to your country.com. That's go back to your country.com. That's my author page. Uh, you could order the book there, but you could also get more info about me, uh, the, the, the companies that I run, the things that I do, connect with me on social media through that website. Um, also, the book is available on every platform. It's on Amazon uh, and, and all, all, all the other uh, book sites. 
Well, congratulations to you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Um, that will be a wrap for us here and Get Down to Business. Be sure to visit our website, shalomkline.com, where you can download podcasts from the past seven plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So to success, let's get down to business.